This is the Far East Empress, Meja One, and you are listening to my Volvolutionary stories on I Wish Someone Told Me. Learn your ABCs, Volva vocabulary. Peace. Hey everyone, it's Jasmine and you're listening to I Wish Someone Told Me, a podcast on sex from an Asian perspective or from those who have lived or are currently living in Asia. On today's episode, I will be speaking to Meja Wan. She's a Singaporean hip-hop artist raised in Canada, currently based in Kuala Lumpur and have worked in the US, Jamaica and of course Canada and Singapore. She recently released her empowering latest single called Volva Vocabulary in conjunction with International Women's Day, which I have to say, y'all have to listen. We talk about what it means to be truly empowered and empowering, why it took her a while to embrace her womanhood and femininity in her music, why songs like Volva Vocabulary is important in our society, especially here in Asia, and her amazing little nuggets in life. Actually, little is an understatement. I would say they are huge, big fat nuggets in life, and I cannot wait for y'all to listen to this episode. I hope you're excited. Hey everybody, welcome to I Wish Someone Told Me and today's guest we have Meja One. She's a hip hop singer, woman with a mission and she just released her latest single on this year's International Women's Day called Vulva Vocabulary. Meja. Yes. What's up, what's up? It's a Volvolution. It's a Volvolution. Meja, welcome to the show. Thank you for saying yes to this. How are you today? I'm great. Went to a great concert last night, so I'm feeling alive and energized, full of love, life, and music. Yeah, yeah. We went to Brendan's concert last night. Um, Brendan DeCruz, he is fucking amazing. Um, but today, we are talking about Meja, Meja and your song. But before that, I just wanted to you know, introduce everybody. Who are you? Where are you from? Where are you based? What do you do professionally? And yeah, introduce yourself. So my name is Meja One, aka the Far East Empress, aka Chinese Money. You know, rappers a lot of AKAs, right? So um, I'm a hip hop and reggae artist. I was born in Singapore, but I grew up in Canada. And my come up in music was really in Toronto, the pre-Drake Toronto era. And at that time, I was the first person with an Asian face, an Asian female in the top 10. So I was kind of breaking barriers, you know, back then um, for a lot of women in hip hop as well as Asian faces in hip hop in Canada. From there, I worked in the American industry. I worked with a man named Che Pope under a label called Cops and Robbers and got to meet and work with all my hip hop heroes from Pharrell to The Game to RZA, the Wu-Tang Clan to, oh my gosh, to Lib Kuali. And I, from there, I, I wanted to explore something other than Hollywood. I moved to Jamaica. In Jamaica, I just got to explore life and got inspiration for um, the Jamaican jerk sauce called Suka Suka sauce that I now opened in Malaysia. And around, around five years ago, I moved back to Southeast Asia because I'm like, okay, I've been all around the world, this rapper, this artist, time to reconnect with my roots. What's going on over there? Came back to Singapore and currently I'm based in Kuala Lumpur. And now I'm here. 
now you're here now you're here in kl i love i love um thank you so much for telling your story i think it just shows you know where the passion kind of brings you and you up here learning and discovering and creating music with all these amazing people and you know um we were talking a bit about your song vulva vocabulary and can i just say that i mean i told you this <laughs> but like i was absolutely i'm super in love with that music and this is me really with the song really saying it truthfully because when i listened to the music it was such a catchy tune and i was actually in my grab right so grab for all the international folks grab is like a malaysian version or asian version of an uber and i was in it and i was just like oh who's this lady and she you know this is music and i was literally bobbing my head dedicated to the queens of the building Learn your ABCs, vulva vocabulary, <laughs> L-O-V-E, what up though? L-O-V-E, my yoni has been lonely, been so busy lately, I neglected like an old homie. Yeah, like I was like halfway listening to it and I just had to tell you like, oh my god, I fucking love this. Um... <laughs> I was so glad when I got your message back. I'm like, yes, so good, so good. It's fucking mind blowing. I absolutely love it. Not only the tune, but I think more so is the the lyrics behind it, the meaning behind it. And so, you know, I love one of the things that you said in the lyrics was rock the veg like a batch of honor every day and every hour. And I was just like, holy crap. Yes, ma'am. Rock the badge like a badge of honor every day and every hour. Write a blog, follow the monologues now or never. I think one of the medias that posted about it is like, Major would like you to rock the badge like a badge of honor. I'm like, yes, this is posted in media. <laughs> um, tell us about Volvo vocabulary. Like, what's the inspiration behind it? Why is this song so significant to you? And especially on this year's International Women's Day. Well, this year's International Women's Day made a call out for Break the Bias. Right. And that could be a whole slew of things. So I kind of looked inward and be like, what is breaking the bias for for me as a woman? And um, originally, this song was commissioned by almost a beauty product uh, that was like a beauty mask for the pom pom, basically. <laughs> um, and the, the campaign never went through. And I'm sitting here with this like Vijayjay song. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do with this? And when I sat down and looking at Break the Bias from this year's International Women's Day, I'm like, let me rewrite the song, not for a beauty product, not for any other reason other than as a female MC. I've spent so many years kind of rejecting this feminine side of myself, you know, or recognizing my own body where I'm always the token girl in groups or like, I'm not just an, a female MC, I'm an MC. Like you're always proving that you're as good as the boys. You're one of the boys. And so I think I spent so many years really kind of neglecting this side of myself and with that that includes your body your sensuality your feminine energy period like i was i'm very yang right like yo i'll battle you i'll battle you you know it's very um aggressive and always pushing forward and always pushing in that way to be on par with with the guys especially in an industry like hip-hop and reggae which is 
realistically very male dominated. So when I sat back, you know, in the quiet of your room and you're writing this song, I'm like, okay, what do I actually want to say? Because I have never written an ode, let alone recognize the vajayjay. <laughs> so let me sit down and, and write it like, okay, I see that in hip hop music, there's a tons of songs about pum pum pussy. Like it's always a sexualized body part or the female body is always sexualized. What happens if we use the scientific term vulva and then just talk about the context of it, it culturally, uh, personally, and what I would like this ode to kind of summarize and be is like, hey, your vulva tells a lot of your story, your woman's story. So sometimes you just want to kick it and take the time for yourself and think about what that story is. So that's what it came down to. I love that. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, a lot of the times when it comes to music, uh, you know, like women's bodies are often sexualized. And then you kind of came in as a woman and you're just like, I'm just I'm just going to talk about my body. I'm going to talk about how empowering my body is, how empowering my vulva is. And I love that you use the term vulva because often people would always call it vagina and stuff. And not that it's wrong. I mean, but like when you look at it, actually what you see in our bodies is actually called the vulva. And I love that you say vulva vocabulary and you even put all the different types of names to the vulva and sound. Boom, boom, JJ, nay, nay. <laughs> oh, I know. I was just like, yes, me. Um, so, like, what was the response to the song like? Did you get, like, a lot of backlash or, you know, what was it? Were people loving it? Well, when this song initiated, it was just a freestyle because someone challenged me to freestyle about, um, about the vulva, right? So it was a quick kind of um, quick post on IG. And... Then it evolved into a song. So when I approached like an ad agency about it, the ad guy kind of told me like, well, the song's quite vulgar and obscene, isn't it? And I was like, what? It's not, there's no expletives in it. Uh, vulva is the scientific name for, you know, it's not a swear word. And actually the song's kind of chill. It's not like gangster rap. It's like very 90s R&B harmonies. Like it's super chill song. And he's like, no, no, it's quite obscene. It's quite obscene. And ironically, what I realized is that this same agency commissioned me to remix WAP which stands for wet ass pussy. So that's like, okay, they don't consider WAP so-called vulgar and obscene, but they consider something saying vulva vocabulary, vulgar and obscene. So I started exploring this idea in my head. Is it because we're more conditioned and used to seeing in a sexualized way so it's okay? Or is it because it's being said by an Asian girl? Um, you know, it might be all of the above, really. But uh, so that was one of the reactions that made me actually challenged me to think deeper about things. Um, another reaction I got, it popped up on social media where it's like, well, how would you like if I wrote a song called Dick Diction? I was like, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, imagine writing a song called Dick Diction that wasn't necessarily, I mean, like, first of all, I was like, almost every song's Dick Diction, P.S. <laughs> in hip hop. <laughs> right. But imagine it wasn't about like, yo, my uh is so big and I'm so hard. And imagine if it was just like, one in eight, go check your prostate. You know, like, where it was beneficial in, in that sense, you know, in that, that way. So I saw that there was almost like a threat to it. And, I asked a friend that was kind of criticizing it. I was like, well, you know, like everyone came out of a pom pom. You came out of one. I came out of one. Why is everyone so scared of this? And this is kind of 
I kind of welcome the criticism because it allows me to explore more in my mind like whoa what is this mystery and in fact I'm like that too I've never touched a topic like that for my entire career in hip-hop right so then I start exploring these things and what I realized is PR was very hesitant to touch the song. I know media will be like, okay, well, it's International Women's Day, so let's feature Go Girl, Go Get It by Major One, the first in the series. They're not going to like post Volvo vocabulary. And so as I researched, I saw, you know, creators like yourself, um, even just artisans and people creating Volvo necklaces and pillows. And for the video, I worked with this amazing creator called the Volvolutionary that makes Volvo puppets. So I said, okay, well, the people on the ground, the creatives on the ground aren't scared and shying away from this topic, but kind of the gatekeepers of media or more mainstream platforms are. So it's probably better for me to work with the creators on the ground and build something rather than try to force the situation with mainstream uh, media and which is how we got connected to yeah yeah I mean that I mean I love that you kind of thought about it because I mean I yeah completely like media mainstream the gatekeepers I kind of like if if they don't want to do it I mean there are always other ways to kind of go about it and it's just really unfortunate that that person that PR person was just like oh we can't do it because of so and so and so and so because exactly what you said WAP it's <laughs> it is what it is a sexualized version of everything but then hey now we have something empowering you know but then we cannot talk about it, which is really funny for me. It's the same. It's one of the same reason of why I started being, you know, a sex positive advocate and really talk about sex and sexuality in an empowering and also education kind of way. Because when I was growing up, I was just like, you know, MTV, people be talking about pussy and booty and, you know, like you see ass on the screen, you see, you know, just all these different things. And yet when I go to an adult, when I, you know, ask my mom or like whatever, hey, where do babies come from? What, you know, how do we masturbate pleasure and all that stuff? Um, people suddenly become, exactly, people like, oh, no, don't ask me that. You know, people suddenly become tight-lipped. I think um, Vala vocabulary is just fucking amazing because you just talk about empowering the vulva, empowering women, and just really... You know, it's something personal to a lot of women, which is something I really, really appreciated. To kind of backtrack earlier, because we spoke about this before the interview, about how, you know, as a hip hop singer, you're expected to to do pussy rap and you kind of don't really want to talk about that. You really don't want to do that. So what kind of, I know you explained a bit of what the inspiration behind Volvo vocabulary, but sort of what are your thoughts about that this expectation as a woman you need to do this pussy rap <laughs> well i've definitely gone into a lot of meetings in with record labels and that kind of thing and be like so Maja, how do you feel about your sexuality and i'd be like good why <laughs> and i realized that it was kind of a egging on to like why don't you rap more about your sensuality your sexuality your body and this type of thing and i just wasn't there yet in in life like that i usually just write what i feel from my heart and that's not what I was feeling at the time but I definitely saw that there was a bias to um, push you toward that end because I mean at the end of the day it sells right like you, you they're pushing you toward things that sell there are not that many female Asian rappers at that time I think there's a certain level of fetishism and, and yellow fever involved in that situation <laughs> um, so I experienced a lot of that now 
I because of that, I feel like I almost rejected that side of myself, the sensual side, speaking about my body, speaking about sexuality, because I so much wanted to prove like, no, look at me, I'm an artist. Stop asking me to do pussy raps. Like it's this, you know? Um, until in 2019, I was on a tour in Australia where a member of my team was sexually assaulted by another artist on the tour. And that occurrence was horrific. We jumped off the tour, uh, came back home. She shared with me that she had never even heard the term sexual assault until it happened to her. Um, And this really made me sit back and think about my experience for the past 15 years in the music industry. Uh, How many times has harassment happened? How many times have I been put in very precarious situations? And I realized that I almost normalized these situations where, you know, I'm really good at ducking rape. I'm really good at being one of the boys. I'm really good at finding my way out of these situations. And when my team member was hurt, I really thought about it and said, why should another person with a different personality not be allowed to have a safe space in the music industry? Just because you're not someone that, you know, yells it from the top of the mountain or knows how to tell someone off to their face. Maybe you're more introverted. Maybe you just don't speak that way. That still doesn't mean you should be put in a compromising situation. And so from there, we released a song, Not All That Glitters Is Gold, that addresses sexual assault. But I wanted to start exploring, going even further back, like this thing that stuck with me where she said, I never even you know knew the term sexual assault. And I thought about my own childhood. Like, how was I taught about se- sexuality? Like, when I was a kid, we labeled my vulva like the shame shame. I was told by someone like, oh, no, that's called the shame shame. And as an adult, I'm only reflecting now, like, what does that do to your mind when when you're a kid and you believe this is called the shame shame? It's something attached to you. And when I was approaching, you know, ad ad and PR about this song Volvo vocabulary and he told me it was obscene and vulgar. I was like, what do you do when you have a vulva attached to you and you're told that it's vulgar and obscene? Can you truly um, accept yourself? Can you truly delve into your sensuality and your sexuality? Can you truly actually, you know, with all the ad campaigns about self-love, it's all about self-love, girl, and bath bomb and candles. But can you actually experience self-love when there's always going to be a part of you that is labeled shame or vulgar or obscene? This is kind of what got me on this journey be like, you know what? I got to even go deeper than that. I remember an elder, like an auntie came to me when she first heard the song and she's like, hi, yo, so crude. Don't know where to hide my face. You, you talk vulva vocabulary, like, wow, you know? And I was like, okay, but let me put it to you this way, auntie. Like if I cannot identify my vulva and it's not normal to say the word vulva, then if I have a health issue and I have to describe it to a doctor, or if I've been you know, I experience violence or sexual abuse and I have to tell somebody, will I be more comfortable to report this if I can say the word vulva, if I know my own body or if I cannot say those things? And in her own way, she agreed with me and she kind of like shuffled away and mumbled like, well, it's still rude and kind of like, you know, (laughs) but... I realized that even auntie coming up in that generation where these things were even more hush-hush understood and felt the pain of what that was. So, yeah. Wow. I mean... Sorry, so much. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, 
it's wild because I this is why I, I love having these sort of conversations especially with women you know we understand each other we understand what we kind of go through and I love just how you sort of reflected all of this I think it's really important for us to kind of you know to kind of be able to just look beyond ourselves right like just kind of okay everybody else and just kind of what does that mean where can we play a role what can we do as a society as a in, in, as an individual and it's just so empowering the reflection that you have and i was taking notes while you kind of talk about all of this and exactly like shame shame you know in in malaysia we called our genitals as kemaluan which essentially means the shamed um and so it's just really mind-boggling for me you know it is part of our body and there's a lot of shame attached to it you know and i think that's why we have issues as as women as vulva owners sometimes to experience pleasure that we put a lot of emphasis on like sex and pleasure to the pen or the penis owners that you know sex is just for them and you know, but in, in, in actuality, and this was something that, I mean, I bring this up a lot because uh, in one of my talks, I was talking about pleasure for women and a lot of the, I think two of the participants were like, oh, I didn't know that women can experience pleasure. Like, I didn't know there is such thing. I thought oh, sex honey. is only... <laughs> it's honey. Like, Exactly. But it's true. I was even talking to a friend that my first sex ed classes in Canada was more about like, don't get pregnant and don't get a disease and never and you know like how to put a condom on and never ever was there ever a discussion about female pleasure so to me sex was don't get pregnant and don't get a disease and this is how you put on a condom yeah right and in even when it comes to like the disease part there's a lot of stigma around it too there's a lot of like oh if you get this it's a death sentence people get like super afraid and not to say that you shouldn't be taking care of yourself you shouldn't you know but it's to say that even if you have something there's always a way to kind of go about it fix it you don't have to to panic i shared about my story when i got an std and how i was just like holy my <laughs> you know like i was like oh but you know it just proves to show that there's a lot of education a lot of sort of you know people like you to really go out there and just really normalize this to really have this conversation so i really appreciate it the work that you do and true to music I think music is the best way of kind of sharing all this sort of information and educating people um, so um, one of the things that I also wanted to ask you which you actually kind of talked about because I wanted to ask you why do you think it's important to have sexually empowering songs like Volvo Vocabulary to be heard and produced which you kind of you know already answered that I mean do you want to answer that do you have anything to add to add well, I could add to it to say that, you know, sometimes people look at me and they're like, ah, she's already a rapper, so like, she can say whatever she wants, that kind of thing. But no, like, I'm a human being. I have Asian relatives, you know, so I definitely had to sit myself down and be like, oh, what will people think of me? And, you know, how will they react? And my following is 89% male. So will I be alienating my my fans? And all of these questions like, oh, and, and self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Like, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not like a sex uh, advocate. Like, um, I don't have my own show. So you, you ask yourself all of these questions. And at the end of the day, it's more like... Like, well, someone else out there is sitting there asking all these questions too. And I'm not really, 
feeling I don't feel apologetic about the music and the lyrics I put out there um, but I do recognize that I make myself vulnerable in in doing so and that's that's okay because it's a it's a learning process it really is um, seeing the responses that come from it where you know sometimes I underestimated some of the platforms like the Recording Association of Singapore just posted Volvo vocabulary and I've always just seen them post like jazz and classical music coming out of Singapore and suddenly there's like boom this like image of like you know yeah sit in proud <laughs> and sit, and with the words Volvo vocabulary is now sitting in that uh, on that platform and I was like well big up thank you so much you know Apple Music Asia put it as the number one song um, on their global women's playlist and I was like, wow, thank you, Apple Music. Like, I didn't expect these things to happen. So definitely, when you take a chance, you actually get to open the road to learn more. Um, and through this experience, it's a learning process for me. Like, I didn't know anything about period poverty before releasing the song. And as I <clears throat> looked at, okay, well, it's all good to, like, celebrate the pum pum, but how could I really celebrate the pum pum? Well, let me, like, look into some social issues around this, this matter. And one of the things that came up was I was speaking to the Malaysian Women's Marathon, and they were saying they were doing runs to raise money and to send washable pads to communities that face period poverty and, and period poverty being like um, women and girls that cannot afford sanitary products and as like a very like entitled and spoiled city girl I'm like what like here we are like oh god it's our time of the month again like man and you never think of it as a privilege as a luxury to be able to just go to the store and get what you need to handle your thing you know you're not thinking about like oh let me use some newspaper let me use whatever I can to do this let me I can't go to school I can't go to work so in releasing it, I have a learning process too where I'm learning about social issues that I never even thought of or knew of that affect women. I also recently learned about period poverty and that was a few years ago. And, you know, when you think about like poverty, you don't think of, you know, it being, you, you think of it being ha happening in like certain countries in the world, but you don't, you don't realize that it actually is happening in your backyard. You know, I'm from Sabah. I didn't think that, you know, in Sabah, pure poverty is just really, it's one of the biggest thing that a lot of Sabahans face. And so I was really surprised with just statistics, with the stories that people share. And I'm like, holy, shit this is a major thing and it's not just finances it's accessibility too right like if you can't go to your local store and just carries that and it's funny that you said Saba because uh, I'm launching next week the merchandise to go with the song and it's washable pads from a local business called Bisky Bosky and we're donating for everyone bought we're donating washable pads to a community in Saba that is facing period poverty and to me, it's also hilarious, right? Like what hip hop artist is like selling maxi pads as the merch <laughs> for the, the cool hip hop song. But I'm like, no, let's, let's make merch that actually makes a statement that makes a difference. And also there are sustainability and environmental benefits to all of it too. Um, and also along with that, I've been getting more into this Web3 NFT space. I won't go too far <laughs> into it. But we sold an NFT. We're selling an NFT for Volvo Vocabulary. And now I'm trying to explore, you know, in technology. How can technology then create 
social change if traditional media is shy about speaking about the word vulva then let me go into the metaverse and find communities there that will speak about it um, and there are blockchain music sites that have been interviewing me about vulva vocabulary with no hesitation and they're like yeah buy this nft and get a pa- maxi washable maxi pad sent to you by Mesha one and it's really cool to see like hey you know when you face an obstacle in how taboos are broken, maybe you just got to find the community that will come together that will help you find new ways to get the message out there. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, like, um, I want to say welcome to the world of sex, Maja. It's it's the endless, the bounds, True. the means. It's just everywhere. I mean, when I first started being a sex positive advocate, I was just like, Am I alone in the space? But then I realized that there were so many talks and conversations in Asia and Malaysia too about, you know, all these different kind of topics on sex and sexuality. And I was just like, holy shit. So like Vala Vocabulary Asia, I'm going to tell you, is just the beginning. And you know this because it's just all the amazing things that you can, can, you can do with this. Um, with that, uh, we're going to take a break. We're back from our break, our short, tiny, mini break. Um, we are currently right now with Major One. She is a hip hop singer. We were just talking about her latest single, Vulva Vocabulary, and why that is a big deal, not only for her, I mean, for her, of course, but also for women everywhere, for vulva owners everywhere, to just really celebrating our vulvas, empowering our vulva, and to have a female um, hip hop artist to talk about this openly and so passionately is just fucking amazing so this next half of the podcast i just kind of want to you know ask Meja, Meja, do you have any vulva loving tips for vulva owners out there Ooh, I, I sure do i would say well i faced actually last year a major surgery where I was told that I had a possible ovarian cyst, fibroids, all of these things. And I never heard of fibroids in my entire life. I never heard of any of these things. And in doing so, um, before the surgery, they, everyone, five expert doctors told me that I should get a hysterectomy. And the way in which I was spoken to about it was very like, oh, yeah, just get rid of the old baby maker, you know, like it's it's fine. It's cool. You know, like you're not you don't have kids. It's fine. Get rid of it. And I was very shocked. And I'm like, it can't be that simple because this is an organ. This is a part of our bodies. So when I really looked into it, you know, it deals with heart health. It deals with mental well-being. And and then I went even further into it where. Um, definitely nutrition matters. So for three months leading up to the surgery, I changed completely how and what I ate. And even deeper than just nutrition, I spoke to some friends that are healers and that really delve into this side of the of, of themselves. And they're like, women hold a lot of their stress and repressed rage <laughs> in this region, this lower region, whether it's your uterus, um, and or or the neglected vulva and she's like actually talk to your body like take time out whether it's a meditation where you sit down and place your hand on your vulva on your womb and just take time to listen to your body and and 
how is it feeling? Ask yourself how you're feeling. Be kind to yourself. And I'm the kind of person for years to be like, I ain't with this hippie shit, you know? <laughs> like, what is all this divine feminine whatevs, you know? And when I faced this wake-up call with my health, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything that I've never done before just to see because there's obviously an imbalance in me. And so let me do all the things that I've neglected so that I can figure out what this imbalance actually is. And at first I was like, okay, this is cheesy. I'm talking to my Volvo. <laughs> I'm writing journals to my Volvo. But when I took the time to actually recognize my body, listen to my body, um, recognize the parts that I've just been taught is called shame shame for so many years and now I'm like no I have a vulva and actually this whole region of my body is very magical it's like the magical portal of creation into life and as an artist how could I even celebrate being a creator without seeing the ultimate creation you know portal that's a part of my body so I know I know this went on a tangent but really really celebrating your body, taking the time to think about what's been neglected in your physical being uh, and take the time for it. Whether for you that means meditating, talking, journaling, drawing, and I guess for me, writing raps. <laughs> uh, taking that time to really delve into it because we neglect a lot in these in this busy life, but sometimes the most magical things are what is neglected. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know what's funny? Uh, I I've I've heard of this before, and in fact, I actually I think last year or two years ago, I went to Kopangan in Thailand, and it was talking about you know, it was a course on our yoni, something yoni, Sanskrit word for like vulva, vagina, and one of the things we did, all the women in the room, we actually did a yoni puja, so we are actually you know all of us kind of open our legs with our vulva kind of just showing out there and then everybody just kind of take turns to sort of bless or you know like really worship the yoni putting flowers on it telling telling you know telling the yoni that you know she's beautiful and we do this to each other and there's something so beautiful about being able to just you know celebrate our bodies and celebrate our yoni exactly what you said yes that just gave me chills because i'm like how powerful is that where we were we've been taught to kind of like hide away and shun away this part of yourself even when you get your period it's like oh the walk of shame to like scuttle to the bathroom and hide that actually no let me talk about some moon cycle business and how this is actually a part of creation and a part of life and i love when your partner can be a part of that and can recognize that too it's it shouldn't be any type of walk of shame and hidden secret. So when you can actually empower one another, like, you know, the cliche is like queen supporting queens. Yes. But what does that actually mean? That actually means like, hey, when I celebrate you and I can celebrate our vulvas, then that's saying like, hey, I accept you and you can accept yourself. And this thing that we have neglected is actually very, very powerful. Yeah. And also when you said about... Um, talking to our vulvas yes i love just like asking one of the things also like i learned is asking permission for the vulva if they want if, if you know if the vulva wants to have sex too yes yes absolutely i mean what you said at the start of this podcast was you know we learn sometimes sexuality from like an mtv video where it's like booties are bouncing and cleavage is there and 
So it's almost like it skips a step where it's like, okay, that is sexuality, but you're never asking permission or understanding your own pleasure or any of those things. So I think now, even if I'm a grown ass woman right now and I'm just learning so much of this, and that's why I'm making some grown ass woman raps. <laughs> but really, like th- that recognition, it's never too late, and take the time for yourself to start learning those things. I mean, it, hey, it's all about unlearning all that we've been taught about bodies and the shame that's connected to it, and just really relearning everything again and really taking control of that narrative of ourselves. True, you're right. Unlearning is even harder than learning sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On that note, what is one important advice that you'd love to give to our queens out there? Ooh. Important piece of advice, I would say, is, wow, I'm like so many in my head. Usually it's like a music uh, music industry blog. I'm like, get a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, on that tip, it's like the importance of independence, the importance of being able to celebrate yourself and your body first before it's a matter of bringing someone or something else into the picture and having to... Uh, feel the pressure of pleasing or satisfying someone else's expectations. I think really, really in all things, knowing your own expectations, knowing your own pleasure, knowing your own hopes and dreams and sensuality. And when you own that, it's so much better when someone else comes into the picture that you're then able to communicate what you need, that you know what you need, you know what you don't want. And so it all starts with self. I mean, being able to identify and say the word vulva, taking a look at the vulva, you know, all of these things. When you can do that for yourself, then everything else is heightened. So yeah, that would be my advice. Start with self, celebrate self. You know, pum pum power, and before you think about bringing anything else into the picture. Yes, I'm. I'm gonna be snapping that because I fully, <laughs> fully, a hundred percent fucking agree. Kind of like before you put expectation, before other people put expectation onto you, or you know whatever that may be. You kind of have to just like focus on yourself. What is important to you, knowing your worth. I think that's the most important thing is knowing your worth before other people expect things or like before you have to like please other people. Um, I was talking to my cousin about this last night too, you know, like, you know, just because you're in a relationship sometimes doesn't mean that you owe everything of your life, of your soul or whatever to that person and you have to please that person all the time. You need to have ownership <laughs> for yourself. But of course, it's easier said than done. So it takes a lot of practice, a lot of unlearning, like what we talked about just now. And, you know, hey. I mean, I'm working in pop culture, right? And pop culture is constantly teaching you what is sexy. What is the is, is sexy like that cute little bralette that you should buy? Is sexy uh, the drink that you hold in your hand, that cocktail that you hold in your hand? What is your hair? What's sexy, you know? And no one's ever saying like, Sexy could be you in a room by yourself, give, putting on that music that you love and just feeling and listening to yourself and be like, ooh, I feel sexy and I know what sexy means to me. Like that's not something that is really pushed out into pop culture. So the, part of that unlearning process is like, yeah, what is sexy when you're totally on your own by yourself and what's that definition to yourself? Yeah, uh, you don't, you know, speaking of that, I actually bought lingerie for myself really sexy lingerie and not for anybody else 
but just for fucking me and i'm like wearing that walking around the house i bought this like big ass mirror and i'm just like hey check myself out Ooh, baby that is so pretty feeling it feeling it fuck it's fucking amazing um so Major, this is a question that i asked all my guests what is one thing you wished someone told you there's so many things i wish someone told me <laughs> I wish someone told me that it's okay to tap into feminine energy um, because so much of what I've been taught is success is driving forward and being the best and sex being sexy is being the sexiest woman in the room and walking in big and bold and all of these things. And only now I'm learning that there's a side of you that's feminine energy where you don't need to force anything you don't need to drive so hard forward you could actually sit back be so attuned with yourself and your body and everything that you are that you are just irresistibly attracting everything to yourself um you know you're attracting what you need to yourself you're attracting people to yourself you're attracting opportunities to yourself and you're attracting sensuality to yourself and i think that i've always been taught that, you know, this aggressive forward driving thing is the way to go. But I wish someone had sat me down and be like, let me tell you about some yin, baby. You know, let, let, let me tell you about how you attract things to yourself and just in knowing yourself and being so comfortable with yourself and your body, you can be okay as well and you can succeed as well. Thank you. Lots of gold nuggets. I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Meja. Um, I think Meja, this is definitely one of my favorite sort of episodes to record. I think I've just, I'm so empowered. Just this whole conversation is so amazing and so empowering. And, you know, it's a great way. We're recording this on a Sunday. It's a great way to start the day feeling empowered and just fucking awesome. Um, Meja, thank you so much for being on the show. I really love having you, your presence, just everything about you. I love it so much. Do you have any social plugins that you kind of want to promote where can our, our listeners find you you can find me at Major one everything m-a-s-i-a-o-n-e yeah Major one everything it's i'm pretty easy to find and also check out Major's latest video music video vulva vocabulary it's out on youtube you can check that out when i i was like really patiently waiting and when it's out i'm like i'm fucking love it because she has that vulva puppet she's like running around her vulva puppet showing so much love so check that out um but yeah thanks so much Major, for being here thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening to the show. I Wish Someone Told Me is hosted and produced by Jasmine King with new episodes every Wednesday. Follow I Wish The Pod on Instagram so you won't miss any updates. And feel free to share your thoughts, reflections, and aha moments from this episode. Catch you later!